0: to do your thing an unapologetic celebration of every version of motherhood I'm Tamsin Williamson, a life and mindset coach for mums, also known as the Parenthood Coach. And through this podcast, I'll be sharing some beautifully open, honest conversations with inspiring, passionate women who also happen to be mothers about how they loudly and proudly do their thing in life and motherhood in their own unique and authentic ways. Plus, I'll give you an insight into how I do my thing and what that means for me, my career, and family. I hope these conversations inspire you to feel the freedom to do your thing and embrace your version of motherhood in a way that feels aligned, empowering, and honours your whole self. This is your invitation to do your thing. So, let's get on with the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Do Your Thing, where I am sharing a wonderful conversation from my Instagram Live archives, where I spoke to Donna Ford about the impact that grief has had on her experience of life and parenthood. Donna is a mum of two boys and a London-based power portrait, personal branding and event photographer. And she has, in fact, done all my brand photography for me since starting my business. So I am a huge fan of her work. As well as being a photographer, Donna is also a brilliant writer. And she wrote a really powerful blog a while ago on the topic of grief, having lost her own father at the age of 16 which I have linked to the show notes in case you'd like to have a read. And Donna has also shared all sorts of really thought-provoking content on the subject of grief since then grief is such a nuanced topic and the older we get the more grief and loss becomes an inevitable reality sometimes in the most unexpected of ways so i thought it would be really interesting to explore this often unspoken topic of grief with donna in more detail and understand how she has navigated her own grief journey while also navigating becoming a parent During this conversation we reflect on the topic of grief from all sorts of different thought-provoking angles which I really hope will resonate with you all as adults and as parents. We discussed the power behind vocalising and sharing our grief as a way of processing our own emotions and connecting with others through that shared experience. Donna shares how her grief journey is proving to be a lifelong, constantly evolving journey that has naturally woven its way into her parenthood and parenting journey. And we reflected on how so many of us may experience grief beyond losing a loved one, perhaps when significant chapters of our lives end or change, and the importance of granting ourselves permission to really feel into our emotions rather than hide away from them. As with all of these Instagram live episodes, please accept my apologies in advance for any sound wobbles that you may notice. The episode was not recorded originally to be a podcast, but I really hope that the content makes up for the imperfections. Okay, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Enjoy. Hi, Donna.
1: How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Um, I'm not bad. I am not bad. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> yes, I've been really,
0: really looking forward to this. Um, yeah, I've had the pleasure of working with Donna um before. She's taken my brand photos for me, which I still use to this day. Probably need a refresh. <laughs> um, and I'm also part of a wonderful um community for female founders called Found and Flourish, which is where we both connected. Um And yeah, I I have always had lovely conversations with Donna, and as I said, she wrote a particularly powerful um, blog all about grief, and does a huge amount of sort of really lovely, reflective work about the around the topic of grief um, independently of her business. So I really felt it was an important topic for us to think about and to think about from a number of different angles, because yeah, it's it's such a nuanced. Um, subject but one that actually we're all so affected mm. by and we'll all be affected by at some point in our lives
1: yeah I was just thinking about this earlier that it's it's obviously a very painful journey to go on but no human kind of gets off with it without experiencing it I don't think mm-hmm. it is it is we're human because we care about people and then we lose people and in lots of different ways. Um, and something about that strangely comforting that it, it's not, it's like quite a universal experience, even though it might feel different. And as you say, the nuance and complexity of each journey will be completely different. But there is something in knowing that other people are, have experienced it and you're like not alone in it. Yeah, absolutely. You're not alone in it, but yeah, it can be.
0: A, a mm. experience that also makes people feel very lonely
1: yeah because um, and very afraid yeah it's because we don't talk about it and I think I've kind of like it's funny when you were kind of introducing me and I was like how have I ended up being here talking to you about this and writing that blog and I've kind of unknowingly found myself getting quite passionate about this topic I mm-hmm. think that it's the not talking about it that makes it even more awful and it's hard as a culture, it's not something we talk about, we don't talk about death, we don't have kind of rituals that I don't think are that helpful. Um, and I think there's a lot of work actually going on about this, you know, generally. I went to this thing um called the Death Festival at the end of last year and it was just various different people talking about all the stuff and it was just incredible. You know, there's loads of podcasts, there's um the Guy and Mother lots there there's actually quite a lot happening and so it's quite exciting that it's not just me thinking and talking about this. I feel like there is a bit of a movement towards this, which is great, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's so important to, it's another one of these topics that just makes such a difference to people's lives when they feel that then, understood that they're not alone that there's a forum to kind of express Mm -hmm. themselves on this topic and and I've called this um we've called this session today um grief and parenthood because this this um series do your thing is very much about people um Inviting people on to really share what their experience is of having become a parent, raising kids, the things that have coloured that experience Mm -hmm. or shaped the parent that they have grown to become. Um, So I'd love to kind of dig into that with you a little bit. But I suppose to to begin with, so that we understand where you're coming from, where we understand sort of where this um, connection to this topic came from. Would you mind sharing a little bit more with us about sort of your own experience Mm or your own relationship with grief and what that journey's looked like
1: for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think we don't realise that grief is, I guess, a bit of a lifelong journey. And that doesn't mean that it's always awful. It's just that it's this ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I don't know, something you, I don't know, experience for two or three months after you've lost someone and then you get over it. Like it's, it feels like this ongoing thing. But yeah, when I, my dad died when I was 16 and I just was really numb. Like I didn't feel anything at all, which was ridiculous because he was like the most important person in my life. um But it was like obviously protection and you know even still people say to me you were so mature for your age and I was like no I wasn't it was like an act I I didn't even know it I wasn't you know intentionally doing it but it was this hiding it was so scary to go there and then to when I was 21 I had a complete breakdown on the street with my mum um just it had been building and building and they just all released and I had to take a year out of uni and you know, recover actually recovered quite quickly with sort of medication and counselling and lots and lots of rest. Um, but it really hit me, you know, I was like, gosh, I was feeling all this stuff. I didn't even know it was buried in here. And then since then like it's been much easier to talk about and I want to help other people because it was that disconnection from everyone and not being able to talk about it and feeling that something wrong with me or that I was weak because I had emotions and all of this stuff that I really don't want other people to feel that, you know, I want my experience to, I guess, you know, help someone. And now it's something actually I'm talking about because I, I don't know, I just, <laughs> <to see. laughs> because I think I want to have these conversations actually and open them to be, I guess sort of, it's that thing. Like, I love storytelling because it's that par of the other of knowing someone else feels even if you experienced it I feel like that makes it richer as a culture we need to share stories so that we understand things um so there's that too I think yeah I love
0: that and 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 you know these are you know the grief that we experience particularly through losing somebody but you know the the grief that we can feel about other things in our lives Mm -hmm. as well you know it all it, it can have such a profound impact on our sense of identity and mm. the choices that we make or the yeah the trajectory that we that we choose to follow in our futures you know it really forms such a fundamental part of this kind of rich tapestry of our lives so I love this idea of um you know it, it embedding I suppose the emotion that comes from grief into something that is living yeah. in our day to day lives, yeah. and it forms part of our kind of future story, yeah. even if it's been really hard to kind of process and build that relationship with on the journey.
1: I think there's something about it needs expressing. Mm-hmm. You need whatever the grief is it's a friendship, or a job, or a career, or a loved one, whatever that it, it that's what I've learned. I think is that it needs a kind of voice, and for me. Creativity played such a big role in that. Because, I guess because that's well, I say that's how I'm built. I think we're all creative, so that's not just for me. But it's like I think that can be anything, you know. Like I, oh my gosh, some of the most inspiring people I know are like people who've lost children and then like set priority or and they then campaign about knife crime. There's a woman down the road, and I'm just in awe of her because it can have such destructive power. And yeah, we have to really express how we feel, but then it can be this like incredible catalyst for something that the world needs. And I don't know, it's that thing, that kind of alchemy that, I don't know, it's hard to put into words, but it's having a voice. Like that's when it's destructive, is when it's hidden and it's shameful and you berate yourself for having these intense emotions or complex, even like emotions you don't even understand because Mm it's so, like all of the. Emotions at once, sometimes so I think that for me, that's the key thing that's helped me is that uh, giving it a voice. I think often people talk to you about it. often people don't ask you about the person you've lost, they say what, what? and there's this like whole like hashtag from I think the brief can like say their name and ask people about it because they know we don't want to bring it up because you think, and don't get me wrong, I'm terrible at this, I'm not good at this, but this idea that even talking about them and then they feel like. That they're with you, that they're alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's one of those things that makes other people outside the situation feel uncomfortable because they worry that it's going to upset the person who's grieving or it's going to kind of, I don't know, it's a wound that's not ready to be, that's not healed
1: yet, for example. But actually, yeah. When I was at this dance festival, they had this whole conversation about that and they were saying it's kind of crazy because you're the person that's grieving and yet you're the one that's managing everyone else's emotions like you don't want to case it's too much for them and that one thing which seems quite practical is just to ask them just say you want to talk about like this would you rather not then they're choosing you know and if they do then they can and that that could be a really helpful thing versus my default even still which is i feel your emotion so much that i don't know what to say i don't mm-hmm. know how to start this conversation but i think that's a nice practical tip to engage
0: yeah and it helps people to feel seen and you know as humans you know we all have this very natural desire to feel acknowledged to feel seen and you know and we also always have always have a choice we always have a choice to say you know this yeah, them, to put a boundary down to say that isn't. I'm not ready. I don't feel strong enough. But to to feel acknowledged, to feel seen, to feel um supported in where mm. you're at, and just and that, that acknowledgement, it makes a massive difference. Yes, people, I, think, I think, even if they're not ready to share
1: yet. Yeah, I do. I think. I think that's that's important. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and and it sounds like you know, as you said, you sadly lost your dad. At the age of 16. And so, you know, a bit of time has passed since that that place. Lots has happened, I imagine, in life. You've gone through lots of new chapters and stages, including becoming a parent yourself. Um, And you've got a couple of lovely boys. Um, How would you say, thinking about this kind of the role that grief has played in your story? how has your grieving journey or your grief journey kind of woven itself into your experience of Mm. being a mother? Has
1: it kind of, has it played a role, would you say? Yeah, I wouldn't, I I thought it was a really good question, actually, because it did make me think. And I thought you sort of can't avoid talking about it because you need to be into your children Why they don't have another granddad, you know, someone they've never met. Mm. And and they've gotten older. We actually, my my younger, but he said this probably a year or two ago as well like sometimes he'll just turn to me like I blue, like we're not talking about anything at all and he'll go mom I'm just so sad that your dad died and there's like this and actually just what we were saying about the not wanting to talk about it I'm so grateful that he's bringing it up and Mm -hmm. that like that empathy of like what that could feel like and then that's a nice way of being able to talk to them about it a lot. Because we lost a hamster, which I know doesn't feel like a big deal. But for my older son, it's like a heartbreak. Like the mm-hmm. physical, he's never felt like that. And again, it was this voicing thing that helped. Because it's actually his teacher said... I think you should write a letter to your hamster and then bury it with her when you, when you bury it. So we're going do a little thing with it. <laughs> um, and it really helped him to realize like the happy memories of the joy that it brought him. And it, it really, really helped. Um, so yeah. And I think as well, I was thinking, you know, our own, like our parents, inform us some obviously a lot unconsciously but sometimes really consciously in the way we do things and I was thinking like you know my dad always used to play games with me because I think he worked away in the week so I spent a lot of time with him at the weekend and I was the only child so it was very you know I guess sort of intimate Um, relationship where we had each other's undivided attention and you know and I'm playing games with the kids I'm like this is really special and I tell them like I did this with my dad and I used to love doing this with my dad and you know so I think you start to realize the way that they have inspired things in you and think you you don't have a clue you're just doing everything you're not so self-aware are you but then when you're older you think oh gosh I'm glad he talked about that stuff I did this creative things or played that music or did this because it really like has informed me and in what I want the good bits of my childhood that I really want to pass on to them so I think that's probably the ways that it has affected <laughs>
0: apparently yeah and I love that though because it is also kind of continuing their legacy yeah. and it's sort of helping them to feel alive and present mm-hmm. in their experience um I've had si- I've had a couple of very similar situations with my kids. We lost a hamster. Um Bella the hamster. They don't... A traumatic death, unfortunately. They died they... quite quickly they're, they're quite short-lived hamsters unfortunately. Um but again sort of you know that 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 experience of death was um and and grief and the sadness and talking about what it meant and the ceremonial part that you talked about as well. That was probably my kids first experience. Um and unfortunately, back in May, we lost my father-in-law um, and, and there was something about that experience as well, which not wanting to like put the hamster and my father-in-law on the same level, but actually the fact that it, it was still part of that journey of understanding of supporting our kids, of helping them, helping it to be something that we could talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it, get, it helped to give them context and help for them to feel that it was okay to feel sad, to talk about it, to wonder what came next, you know, and to realize that when, you know, they looked at my husband, particularly who was sad or who was going through that process of his own grief, to it, it there was something there that felt very... Um, it sort of brought us together mm. and, and made made us realise that despite the pain of grief, it is also something that brings people together as well.
1: Yeah. Because the unhealthy way is shutting the emotions and pushing them in. And then that comes out as anger or it comes out as anger, and then you start to move away from people. So it's like that, as you say, that collective emotion mm-hmm. um, is what's helpful. Because I think particularly with grief and it, sometimes it can be such a shock that that this thing has happened and you know it can feel like I'm ne- I, I don't I can't comprehend myself everything okay ever again it has that magnitude I think of we of what's happening but then as adults that we know even with time even like it, we know that that emotions do lighten and grief is like I think there are lots of different depending on the situation there's lots of emotions it's not just sadness there can be anger or there can be guilt or there can be shame or there can be um I don't know like this, it's not just sadness like and and, celebra- and celebration yeah, as well uh, yeah you know it's quite a complex thing and like I definitely feel like with bringing your kids on that journey I mean obviously that's really hard but from what I read about sort of current psychology like just being honest and to the point is something that kids want to they don't want to skirt around the issue too much or to be lied to about what's going on yeah even a fierce who doesn't believe in some sort of heaven like there's there's a way you can sort of say that that you don't have to lie to them you don't have to think or believe you know and again you'll have that deeper connection i think if you can do that
0: Definitely. And and I think, you know, as parents, our natural inclination is to want to protect our children and we want to, you know, we don't want them to feel pain and we don't want them, to, you know, we want, we want to kind of keep them feeling safe, but actually not talking about certain things as well is sometimes not in their best interest. And also seeing, you know, us. seeing us as the adults, as their parent, um, expressing emotions and talking about things yeah I think it's a really important uh it's it's really something really important to model for our children so that they realize that it's okay to yeah it's okay to feel the difficult stuff or to talk about the difficult stuff um you know that we're not superhuman as well
1: Mm -hmm. yeah we talk about that a lot like if Ethan might go, I I hurt myself, but I didn't cry because I was really breathing. We're like, you're allowed to cry. Like, no one's stopping you cry. Like, we make a real point about it, that it's it's something important, that, yeah, we sort of, like, in our society, shut down quite a lot. And I suppose
0: on this topic of grief, you know, we've been talking sort of quite a bit about, I suppose, what we would naturally associate grief with, which is around, like, the loss of a loved one. Um... You know, and I suppose that's probably the most common conversation. But something that that I've certainly noticed through the work that I do is that actually the feeling of grief can come up as humans, uh, as mothers, as 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 women. It can come up in lots of other ways that aren't actually isn't actually connected to losing a person, to a person passing away, but actually connected to other kind of life events or situations and that feeling of grief can really be very overpowering it can it can can you know have a hugely profound effect on how we feel in ourselves and the choices we make and our ability to show up for our kids and our families um you know I've worked with people who are experiencing relationship breakdowns for example and the huge grief that needs to be processed off the back of that um so many women that I work with who you know are grieving their pre-child lives you know the the version of who they were and you know the lives that they were living before kids because it does change it can change so much for so many people Um, you know even like leaving a career, leaving behind a, a job or losing a job through redundancy or whatever it is, you know, that that process of letting go of something that maybe you used to feel so sure, so certain, so so safe and familiar. And that process of sort of adjusting to change and adapting and yeah, creating that that distance as you adjust to something new mm-hmm. um does that to that sort of association with grief does that resonate with you yeah. is that something that you've kind of experienced at all well like? I
1: th- it's funny because i think people all need permission to even see it as grief because again mm-hmm. we think oh we should be best at this it's just a job or whatever and i was just thinking actually about some friends who um split up and even as friends that was sad like to remember the joy of them being together and all the time we spent with them and I think that sometimes even particularly complex and even harder because you're probably doing it for the right reasons and yet you're also sad like both coexist which is our really brains find that like those paradoxes really hard so I think that's why we don't give ourselves permission to you know feel like that and I definitely feel I don't know well maybe it is a sort of grief but I I never feel broody to have another child I think because I'm an only child you know like kind of like I just don't have I'm not built to feel like that I don't think but recently I've been feeling so broody because I feel like life is with the, like my kids their problems and what they've been going through is so complicated and I feel out of my depth in how to support them sometimes and I can't fix their problems anymore. And I miss that when they were children, that it was really easy. Even when they were ill, it was easy to console them and fix them and distract feed them and and stimulate them. That you just go to the park and look at some ducks and that that you've made their day. Like that easy. (laughs) And I miss that, you know, and I wish I could go back and it's not that I, I do also love at night, but i really, there's a longing for that. And that makes me have like that sort of sadness for that sometimes. Um, but then, as you say, you know, being mid redundant, having to leave a job, moving to a new place, like morning, like you could grieve at a place, like if you've moved to another country and or you have moved away from home and gone back to home. And it's all different. Yeah. And so I think it's just being aware that you've got permission to feel what you feel (laughs) absolutely and also
0: knowing that sort of when you look back on some of those examples or some of those sort of phases that we've gone through where we have been experienced grief, maybe without even knowing it Mm -mm. you know it may not be some of these examples might be much easier to get over than others or much easier to kind of move through but it also provides us with the evidence that we can Mm -hmm. get through it. You know, Mm. even if it is on a kind of small or kind of less significant scale in some cases, but there's something quite nice about sort of thinking about our transitions, the things that we've had to leave behind or let go of or disconnect from for one reason or another. It's that, you know, when we think back on some of those other examples, it's that evidence that says, okay, I, it might feel really tough, but. I have got it in me to move yeah. through these mm. difficult feelings, to to process it, to convert the difficult feelings into something
1: new, or embrace it, embrace a new chapter. Yeah. Um, I think something about the, it's funny. I've never really thought about it as letting go, because I think there's, I've always. I think there's a quote on the blog which I loved, which was about grief isn't something to get over but some, something to get into and there's it's a bit of a paradox that in order to get over it or to let go that you have to actually go into it deeper in order it's not like a um, forgetting about it or pushing to the side it's kind of like you deepen into it in order for it to evolve into something else which it's is both, guess, yeah. a process to understand that that it would work that way because I think there's a bit of a myth about if you go into too much to your emotions it's wallowing and that that's completely different. but again maybe when you can find creative ways to do that then it it has a new life of, of within it like whether like I quite like I have like quite a sad playlist that I listen to sometimes or I play sad music on the piano which is probably my favorite easy way of getting it out um but there's lots of different ways you know you might draw something or you might I don't know, there's countless ways that you could express it. I mean, last year I did an actual project which was about grief and I want to use it as a way of talking about grief. Um, and that felt really that I let a lot go by doing that. But I had to go quite deep into it in order to feel that relief. So that's something that I think is a, would be a helpful way of thinking about it as well, to have to trust that.
0: Yeah, and it's a letting go but it's also from what you're saying the way that you were talking there it's sort of getting this idea of it's like you might go through that gradual gradual process of letting go but actually what you're doing is converting it or allowing it to evolve into something else so it's not sort of putting it in a box and saying I'm not going to think about that anymore it's actually that process of processing and unpacking and understanding and then being able to actually use that insight Mm -hmm. to for good
1: for I think it's funny actually just saying that I think there's a a period where it's too much to go into and you have to honor that too I guess this is what's hard is knowing when to do that and when to let go but like in a way I probably talk about my dad and feel closer to him than I ever have because of this journey it's not like he's just like in a box. Of a gear that I don't go near, and even with my son with hamster, he couldn't. He couldn't say the name, maybe for about a year and a half, and then recently, Ethan said the name that we are not allowed to speak. You know, they say the thing in Harry Potter, yes, (laughs) that kind of thing. And then he went, actually, no, 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 it's fine. I can talk about it now, and to with time and, you know, that's what's hard. I think is knowing. The timing but you know I think also getting support is important and I think talking to people who know how you feel um, and also I think something I noticed when I'm having low times in life or with grief is that I get really heightened to beauty and joy in a weird way where because everything feels so bleak you know and your world can feel like it's sort of crashing around you slightly I notice birdsong, or I notice flowers, or I, particularly in particular nature. I'm like really heightened to beauty, and I think there's something about that too. That when I did this project about grief and these photos, they're really beautiful and kind of they're kind of melancholic, but they're, there's a lot of flowers, and it's quite it's also joyful at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that was important for me to express it like that, not to express it as this deep sadness. You know your. I mean, the heart of grief is that you've lost something that you love. You know, it's like this love that has nowhere to go, and it was because it was brilliant and wonderful, and now you miss it. Whether that's a job or whatever, that so you to ignore that, that joy that you got finding that thing, you need to try and recapture that. I think because otherwise, what's the point of anything? What's the point of loving or caring about anybody if, when they're gone, that that's you can't, you know. Yeah. To hold that joy that you've had from them, yeah, so I think there is it's a yeah it's a bizarre it's a bizarre journey, but I think being they're very unexpected, I don't know joys that come along because you're quite open to receive, I think what might be out there,
0: yeah, and even you know thinking of your your son like. Referring to your dad, like knowing he exists, like connecting him with you, I think there is something like just thinking, like how proud would your dad be to know that his grandson was like speaking
1: his name and you know, yeah, bringing him into day to day life. Like that is something to be so celebrated. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and my oldest son's actually called after him, which I think oh, we always fun yeah. that we would we would do that. So I think that's also nice too. You know that he's. Is that sort of connection too with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and your 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 blog that you wrote, I'm gonna share the link um when I can yes. save this down. I'm gonna share the link to the blog because it's just there's so many really fantastic tips in there and, and sort of lovely ideas about ways that you can sort of channel your grief mm-hmm. in a really kind of reflective and creative way. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share it because anyone cool. watching you know we could talk about probably for another half an hour about all the wonderful different sort of outlets that there are but there's some you know both lovely reflections and also some great kind of tools and approaches in there that could be really useful for you as an individual um but also some of these would be wonderful to share with our children as well you know if they're going through any form of grief whether it's you know wh- whatever they're going through in their lives as well so um so yeah i'm going to i'm going to share that and before we finish for anybody that's watching you know I, this is a, a a topic that i'm sure brings up all the feels for many many people for anybody that is experiencing some form of grief in their lives right now whether it's through having lost a loved one or whether it's having just gone through a big change a big move away from something going through going through those those feelings of grief one way or another if they sort of don't know where to start in terms of dealing with it processing it coming to terms with it is there any sort of really simple easy accessible first step that you might sort of recommend anything that you found like really helpful or, or supportive to you. Something that that could be just a really great first move <clears> towards <throat> feeling more, more supported yeah. in uh, the I feelings that they're having.
1: I'm trying to think of like the easiest, like accessible one. I think journaling is something that it feels silly. You kind of think, how could this work? But every single time I pick up my pen, whether I'm in a good mood or a bad mood, the Letting just, like, stream of conscious writing come out. I don't think that anyone's ever going to read it or that you're even going to read it again. You know, you don't have to. That can be a really great way of accessing, you know, how you're really feeling about things. Even if you don't know, even just admitting you don't know how you feel, but it doesn't feel good, be helpful. I think these podcasts, like, there's lots of brief podcasts, and I think it, I don't know, I think it's really helpful to hear people talking about their journeys because I think it's being... I think it's being alone in it that actually heightens how awful you feel um I think counseling is amazing I think that gives you a nice framework move through to voice and to move through and make sense of what you're feeling I mean that that's probably one of the most incredible things you ever do anyway but you know for that particularly and there are specific grief I think there's grief cafes and, and death cafes that you can go to which I've not been to to one but they exist sometimes in churches or like you know halls and various that like volunteer-led I think so you can go I think there's a, there's quite a lot of um sort of practical support out there but I think voice, voice you feel and not running from the emotions is finding your own way of doing that key I think because it's the running away that it almost heightens the pain because you're trying to avoid it so deeply um yeah yeah Amazing, thank you. There's so much there
0: for people to to think about, and you know, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. There is no right or wrong way to go about this stuff, you know. And I think, you know, this this series is called "Do Your Thing," and I think the important thing is to, yeah, take that space to figure out what is right for you, figure out what feels good for you, what do you need, and and being able to take some of those really kind of positive and intentional steps forward to help you to feel more supported in whatever way you need, which sometimes can feel really hard, but also remembering that there is support out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much for having this conversation and sharing like so beautifully and vulnerably your own story and situation. I really appreciate it. I'm sure that anybody watching who's sort of going through things at the moment difficult difficult feelings So this will yeah i hope this will be a real comfort and an uplifting conversation as well um yeah. and if anybody if anybody wants to share their thoughts on the in the comments anybody that's watching on the replay please do share feel free to drop a dm to donna or myself um, yeah no know that the, the the DMs or the door is always open yeah. um, to be having these kinds of conversations. Um, and Donna, if we want to find out more about you, about your wonderful work, about um, your writing or your amazing exhibition that you talked about, your, your project that you were talking about mm-hmm. and being in the process of creating, what's the what's the best place for people to navigate their way to you?
1: Um, probably on Instagram, it's Donna Fordography, and my website forward.co.uk. So, and that's where my blog is and there's lots of other things. I actually am quite a deep thinker. I think a bit like you, Tamsin. So there's stuff on there about the female gears and about confidence and various things. So yeah, please, you know, have a look. And yeah, I'd love for you to DM with any thoughts as well. That'd be great. Amazing. Thank you so
0: much for joining us today. And yeah, I will uh, see you very soon, Donna, and catch up with you all next week Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Do Your Thing. If you enjoyed what you heard, it would mean the absolute world if you could take a moment or two to do one or all of the following small things, which could make a mega difference to the success of this podcast. Follow and subscribe to Do Your Thing, which means you'll never miss an episode. Rate or review the podcast or share the podcast with a friend who you think would enjoy listening to. And if you'd like to continue the conversation or explore working with me on a deeper level, you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at The Parenthood Coach, or join my email community, The Parenthood Retreat. Just go to theparenthoodcoach.co.uk forward slash newsletter. And remember, there's no right or wrong way to do life or parenthood. There's only your way. So get out there and do your thing unapologetically. See you next time.